I'm so tired. There's not enough hours in the day. Bullshit excuses. I've got too much to do. I have to work late. I have to run the kids around. The bullshit excuses. I have to get up early tomorrow. They end now. This is fitness for nine to fivers. You work day-to-day jobs. In fact, you may even have two, and you've been trying to fit in a healthy lifestyle. We have the solution. This is fitness for nine to fivers. And this is Andrew Marsham. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fitness for Nine Survivors podcast. Today, we're going to be covering a, a much debated topic, or one that I get asked very frequently, and that is how to lose fat from your stomach. Andrew, I, my shoulders are lean, my chest is lean, my arms are lean, I, my upper body is fine, I just cannot get the, the fat to leave my stomach. That is a question I get so often, or is a, a something I get quite often from a lot of different people. So how is it you actually lose fat from your stomach? The reality is you cannot target any one specific area. You, it is physiologically impossible. Um, you can't, you won't, you never will. <laughs> as much as... We would love to. Um, it is just something that is completely, as I said, not possible. Um, studies have shown over and over again um, that it really you can, there's nothing you can do about it. So, in terms of stomach fat and and what you can actually do, it comes down to a few a few few simple strategies as always. So, let's say let's kind of look at males and females here that are kind of separately. So. Males tend to store the majority of their fat on the stomach and the lower back. Females tend to be a little more around the glutes and the hips and the thighs as well, as, as well as the stomach. What you tend to see is most people don't store, store a lot in their upper body. Um, most males are relatively can be relatively lean in their arms, their chest, their shoulders. There's not really massive amounts of excess body fat, um, but you will still see a lot in the, the stomach area. And it just comes down to certain hormones and where you store body fat, that sort of thing. It's nothing you can impact in terms of where your body fat gets stored. If you're someone who goes into a fat loss phase and you are looking to lose body fat, you're looking to get lean, you're looking to, to lose a bit of weight, whatever that is, and you start to get into this fat loss phase, what you will see is you start losing fat from certain parts. If you're someone who has been through this on multiple occasions, me, for example, I have been through multiple different fat loss and, and, and muscle gaining phases in my life. There's three to four times, there's two. To, there's twice I've been very lean, um, and there's probably three to four times I've been somewhat lean. Um, and on all of those occasions, you notice where the body fat comes from first. First thing that happens to me, my face starts to get drawn in. 
really starts to narrow in, draw in. Same with my neck, my shoulders, my arms, my chest, all start to get really, really lean, but still holding fat in my stomach, still hold it around the waistline. And that is true for so many people. You're not alone there. It is just human physiology. It's the way most people are made up. It's the reality of how people are, how people and humans are made up. Your body fat is stored around your core where it's needed for protection, insulation, to keep your organs warm, to keep your organs safe. You have to remember that your body is built for survival. So doing things like storing body fat around your core where the, 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 the really imperative organs are that's where it's going to store fat. There's not much you can do about that. Now, that does not mean to say that you cannot lose body fat from your stomach. By absolutely no means. Anyone who tells you that, or anyone who is of the opinion that you just, no matter what, you can't lose body fat from your stomach, that is completely false. It is completely and utterly false. And I will always dial it back to this. What if you stopped eating? <laughs> what if you stopped eating for a month? Do you think you would lose fat from your stomach? You probably would, um, eventually, because you would starve to death. You would be nothing but skin and bones. Of course, I do not recommend that for anyone listening. Please do not go about your business that way. Um, but that's what you'll often hear people talking about, oh, I, do, I just can't get past this plateau. I, can't, I really can't break through. The reality is you just need to go harder for longer. That's what she said. <laughs> um, I've said that a couple of times now. The US office, it's rubbing off on me. Um, the reality is you do just need to push more and more, and, and it will be a case of dieting and losing fat for a little longer. Now, the reality is if you really want to get to a sustainable level of body fat, there's probably still going to be some fat on your stomach. That's just reality. I've done a video today. I have some fat in my stomach. I have. I don't have washboard abs <laughs> as much as I would love to have them year-round. For anyone who has been that lean, it is very, very unsustainable for the vast majority of the population. It is unrealistic and, and, and honestly, really not desirable to be that lean. Um, in terms of how you feel, etc., to anyone, to, to, to the, as I said, the majority of the population. You will get people who are genetically gifted, who are genetically gifted to be lean. We all know someone who has had abs since they were 12. We all know someone who, no matter what they eat, is skinny. Listen, there are, there are anomalies in either way. You know, there are extremes on both sides. There are people who have abs all year. There are people who really, really struggle to lose fat because of different metabolic diseases and things like that as well. That can all play into it. So do not compare yourself to anyone else. When it comes to getting to a reasonable level of body fat and losing fat from your stomach, the reality is there's probably still going to be a little there that you can feel comfortable with. What is the goal at the end of the day? And you have to ask yourself this question seriously. What is your goal? Is your goal to have a six-pack? Do you really want to push to get that? If you do, perfect. There is times in my life I, I have wanted that. I have pushed for it for a certain thing. There was an outcome goal attached to it. I was doing it for a reason. But as someone who has been that lean and who has been very low percent body fat, it is not a desirable place to be performance-wise, mentally, physically, in any sense of the word. 
at any time. <laughs> Sex drive is in the toilet. You're hungry all the time. You have zero energy. Not desirable traits for day-to-day -day life. My goal is to show people how to live a healthy, happy life full of energy and, and confidence. Now, whatever that looks like to you is going to be different. But the goal should be, in my eyes, to, to feel good, to look good, to feel confident, to be healthy, to be fit. Um, and when you can do those things, that does not necessarily mean that you need to get sub 10% body fat to do that. You just don't. The reality is you just need to, to push a little bit longer in order to get that stomach fat off. And you can spend some time re reversing and building back up. So many people, this, is the, this was me in the past as well, will think that there is one fat loss phase and that's it. You go back to doing what you've done before or you go back to just kind of, you just forget about it. When things are done correctly, you can get relatively lean to a very healthy, comfortable, low body fat and go through something called a reverse diet. Actually, I was talking about this with Paul not that long ago. Paul's honestly not too far off his, his weight target. What happens when Paul reaches his weight target? We're going to focus on something called a reverse diet, where the goal is to, to increase calories over time in a very slow and strategic manner so that he's maintaining his body weight on more food. An example of when I've done this for myself and a few clients have done this very successfully as well. But an example I'll give you of my own was one of the times that the last, not the last time, it would mean the time before that, I reverse dieted for around six to seven months. Um, I spent six to seven months walking up calories very slowly. I was as regimented as I was in my diet, still had my weekend meal off, still done all that thing, still trained, walked, steps, cardio, all that stuff. I literally mimicked the diet in reverse. That was it. Walking calories up 100 every other week, decreasing cardio slightly. And what I found was I actually dropped weight and added 1,200 calories to my daily metabolic, to my daily intake. So I was maybe consuming around 2,500, 2,600 calories, very lean, comfortable, full of energy because I was eating a lot of food. I felt good. I was lean. I was healthy. I was happy. And you can do that and you can achieve that. But the problem comes that a lot of people underestimate the amount of body fat they have to lose and overestimate the amount of muscle they have. That is not a statement to anyone. That is a general statement across the board, myself included. When I got lean from my photo shoot, I thought I was going to have to get to around 72 kilos-ish. I was well under 68. <laughs> so I had quite a considerable, I was quite a considerable margin off, more than half a stone. Um, so again, it, it's just a general trait that you see that people underestimate the, the body fat that they have to lose and the muscle that they do have. Because what happens when you diet down or spend a lot of time dieting down is you potentially do not realize how much of a, that you've not built the, the, the base you really want in terms of muscle building and how you want your frame to look, which is very, very, a very, very common thread with, with males and, and fat loss phases. Um, so again, you have to then spend these periods where you're reverse dieting or focusing on building a bit of muscle. And it's that never ending cycle of 
diet down a little or, or lose some body fat and then reverse out and focus on some muscle building for a period of time. That cycle done periodically over years. And again, I really, really stress that looking at time horizons and years is far more important than looking at them in weeks. Yes, everyone wants to be fit, to get healthy, to get results, to lose weight, to do all the things they come on this program to do and to do all the things they listen to this podcast to do. But if it takes you one year, year and a half to hit your goals, but you can maintain it for the rest of your life, you have the habits, you have the routines, you have the structure, you have the discipline, you do something you enjoy, you eat foods you enjoy, you eat a relatively decent amount of food. If you can do that in the next year or two, how much longer do you have to enjoy that? Instead of going through the monotonous cycle of dieting down in, in, in extreme fashion to try and push a result, to try and get something, to try and achieve something tomorrow, to then be 12 months later worse off than you were before. This is the reality of so many people, the vast majority, um, unfortunately. I mean, it's why I have a job. <laughs> at the end of the day, but I'm here to help teachers and how to do this properly and how to really develop a physique that you can be happy with and maintain, which is the key point to it all. I mean, think back to anyone who's listening or to anyone who's on the call just now, think back to where you were even two years ago. Were you in a position, had you tried something before? Had you been on a diet before? Had you worked with a previous coach before? And were you still not where you want? Are you still not where you wanted to be? If the answer to that is yes, think how quickly that time went in. <laughs> Two years ago feels like that to me. I, I still feel about 14. Um, I mean, I, th I still think I'm in school um, at times. So again, really looking at your time horizons in terms of, listen, if I can just work towards this goal and a place that I'm really good my food is good, I have a good relationship with food, I am eating a decent quantity, and I feel good, I enjoy my training. If that takes a year and a half, how is that not worth it? I, I fail to see an argument that that's not worth it. Um, so again, how to lose body fat from your stomach, you do have to go harder for longer. <clears throat> it's just a case of continuing to push the fat loss phase, to decrease weight, to, to, to decrease inches in your, your waistline, and to continue to push the envelope in terms of calories and, and, and cardio and steps and activity until you get to a point where you're happy. Now, that may not take one go. I, I think the multiple people in this call have had diet breaks. Um, it's certainly something we've been through with a lot of people. Taking a two-week diet break, taking a step back for a couple of weeks, we diet, we, we, we diet down, we, we, we focus on losing weight for three to five weeks, then we take a step back, two weeks off. Not two weeks off and have <laughs> the Cheesecake Factory. And Sorry, I was just talking to someone who's in Dubai and they were at Cheesecake Factory, so I was thinking about that. Um, don't know if you, any of you have ever been there, but it's absolutely incredible. Um, so the, the reality is it's, it's three to five weeks maybe in a, in a focused fat loss phase and you take a step back for a couple of weeks and, and just maintain. It allows your metabolism to reset, to, re, to, to focus, to, to, to reset a little. Think about this analogy for it. If your, your end goal, let's say you're, you're go, and I'm not into cars by any means, but um, this is a good analogy for it. If you think about your goal as being a Formula One race, if the Formula One cars 
started when they do. I'd made zero pit stops, just ha- pedal to the metal, hammered it for every single lap. Well, the cars wouldn't last. They would blow up, the tyres would disintegrate, the driver would be... I mean, the driver would probably be fine, I don't know if the driver's a pit stop, but the car would be a mess. They, would, they don't change the tyres, they change, don't change the oil, it's just go, go, go all the time. And that's the approach everyone takes with their diet, with their nutrition. You have to meet the, the goal in one step. What if you've got some, some excess body fat to lose? Let's chunk it down into small steps. Can you focus on a fat loss phase for the next three to four weeks? Yes, you can. Perfect. Then we're going to take a step back for two. Then we're going to go again for three to four weeks. And it's going to be difficult. It's going to be challenging. It's never. It's not easy. I'm not, expecting, I'm not saying it's ever going to be easy. But we can break it down and we can chunk it down to make it sustainable for the long term. Which anything else is honestly uh, a failure on your coach's part, a failure on your part, a failure on someone's part. Um, anyone who does not try to, to, to show you how to, to get a result that you can sustain for the rest of your life is taking your money off you. Simple. And, and if anyone is listening to this, everyone who's on the call obviously is a client, but if anyone is listening to this and they have a coach who they feel the approach they're taking, if you're, if you're with a coach or if someone is advising you in something, and you feel that the approach that you're taking today, this week, this month, is not something you can sustain for the next three to five years and longer, because at the end of the day, it's a lifetime, you are on the wrong approach. They are simply taking your money to get you a result. Simple. That's it. Now, I will make an an exception and say, for example, my photo shoot prep, if you're prepping for something, if you're doing something like that, that's going to be an exception. That's not supposed to be sustainable. That was for a, a, a certain thing. But not many people listening to this are pushing for bodybuilding shows or are pushing for photo shoots. That's not my, my target audience. That's not the people that I'm here to help. People I'm here to help are people who look to get leaner, fitter, healthier, and do it in a way that they can still go and enjoy the weekends or have time with their family and enjoy a bit of cake, for God's sake. <laughs> that, that is who I really help. So if anyone is listening to this and you fall into the bracket of not being a high-level athlete or not pushing towards a show or not pushing towards a photo shoot and you're doing something that is completely unsustainable, the person who is giving you the instruction is only there to take your money because they're just trying to push you to get a result. Because what happens, you get an amazing result. Yes, it looks good, but what happens six months down the line when you can no longer eat plastic, eat chicken and rice out of plastic tubs, or you have to eat tuna at half five in the morning. <laughs> believe, believe it or not, someone was at, someone who's on the program who was with a, a previous coach, office worker, like myself, used to be, so I can understand where he's coming from <laughs> with things like this, and that's the thing why people resonate with what I talk about, hopefully. Um, but this guy... This coach had David, who, who's on the program, he had him eating cans of tuna at half five in the morning in the office. And then it was either six or 12 eggs or something at nine o'clock. Like, what, what, what planet are you on to think that's reasonable <laughs> like in any way or sustainable? There's not a chance anyone is actually going to stick to that for the rest of their life. Not a chance. So unless you're 
I mean, bodybuilders and things like that can do that. They're very extreme guys. Perfect. Charles John, that's, that's your life, not mine. But if you're not doing this and you're not being paid for it or you're not working towards something, choose an approach that you enjoy. Choose an approach that's sustainable and you will get the fat loss result over time. As I said, if it takes you a, a year to a year and a half, perfect. That's, that's, that, that's all good. Um, that's, that's still going to be a long time in terms of how long you have to live. Questions? Nothing so far. Kelly, you've been great at answering and questions. Fantastic, Kelly. That's what we like to hear. Um, James Wilson, best fruit as snacks. So in terms of fruit, listen, you will hear sometimes, and it crops up now and again, that fruit makes you fat. Fruit does not make you fat, and fruit is certainly never bad for you by any stretch of the imagination. How that has even came to light is beyond me. Um, but again, some people, the media push these ridiculous stories that lead to, to, to a lot of dumb questions. Now, I don't think that's quite the question's rooted, but I just wanted to, to ask that. In terms of best choices for fruit, so when the only thing you need to watch out is, I don't know if avocados are fruit. Can anyone confirm that, Nicole? Is avocado a fruit? Do we know that? Does anyone know? It's in the fruit aisle. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I th I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure if it's a fruit or not. I, 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 I'll be honest. Um, it, is, it is a fruit. Is it a fruit? Right, okay, there you go. Google yeah. says it is, right, okay, perfect. So, yeah, Google. Right, so, Google. There you go. So, so with the, with, when you look at fruit, Avocado is very calorie dense. It has a lot of fat content in it. That does not make it bad. It just means it has a lot of fat. They're very good monounsaturated healthy fats. Banana tends to be more calorie dense than most. Say 100 grams of banana, maybe 100 to 150 calories. Whereas 100 grams of berries or grapes or something like that would be 30. Now, and something like raisins, you need to watch dried fruits. They do tend to be very high in calories. If you weighed out 100 grams of raisins and ate them, you would be very disappointed that that's how you spent 600 calories. Um, and that's all I would say. I would far rather have two Krispy Kreme donuts. Um, just my opinion. Um, but in terms of fruit choice, like go mental. Like in terms of fruit, the, anything and everything. I try and change it up as much as like plums, oranges, grapes, berries. I love berries in the summer. They're, they're by far and away my favourite. I will try and get some frozen ones and things like that as well to put in shakes, to put in certain things. Um, but honestly, you can go mental. Um, the only one that I probably wouldn't have as a snack is a tomato, um, which is a fruit. <laughs> that That's really not up for debate. Strange one, that. I heard the funny saying. Um, knowledge is that, that a tomato is a fruit and... Uh, wisdom is that you don't put tomato in a fruit salad. <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. Uh, John's chain in here. Uh, apparently, avocado is classed as a berry. There you go. Every day is a school day indeed, John. <laughs> um, that is a very strange one. Avocado is a berry. There you go. Um, did that answer your question, James? Yeah, that's fine, Andrew. Thank you. Good stuff, mate. Good stuff. Um, Da, da, da. Let's see questions. If anyone has any questions on the the call, oh, Alan Collins, what veg is best for protein? Um, there is nothing. There, the, the one doesn't exist. Um, oh, 
There is no such thing as a high-protein veg, really. Um, I think that would be um, about it. Oh, so Jacqueline Little's come up with a good point. And that, that, this was actually brought up as well by, by Alan, who's in the programme. What info in drinks that are okay with the plan, like diet drinks, also if, if having alcohol. In terms of drinks, anything that's calorie-free is fine. You will hear, again, mainstream media nonsense that things like diet drinks are harmful. They're fine. There is no negative studies against them. They are perfectly fine. Any zero-calorie stuff is perfect. I have had an iron brew and a can of white monster today, an iron brew extra. They're perfectly fine. Coffees, teas, all good. Just watch what you're putting in them. That's all. Don't load them up with calories and sugar and creams and all that sort of stuff and butter and all sorts of things people do these days. Um, they're all fine. Alcohol, if you're drinking alcohol, listen. If you're drinking alcohol, you're drinking alcohol. Go and enjoy your night out. <laughs> like, get back to it the next day. Um, I will say that when it comes to, to alcohol, Jordan done a really good call on alcohol in terms of making some better choices, like choosing spirits with low-calorie mixers, maybe sodas and lines and things like that, having water in between drinks. All of these things will massively help. Um, but the reality is, if you're in a night out or if you're going to enjoy a few beers with the family, fine. Like, go and enjoy it. Have it. It's, it's just your life to live at the end of the day. Don't stress too much about it. It only becomes an issue if you're binge drinking on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. That's really the only. And I would, uh, binge drinking is a strong word for this, but anything over six drinks is classed as having quite a considerable effect on your body. Um Generally, what you tend to see, and that is maybe six for males and around four to five for females, is if you go above that sort of numbers or those numbers, that you start to see some quite negative impacts on your overall health, on your performance, on hunger signaling, on fat burning, and all of these different things. Um, but if you're having a beer or two at the weekend, or you're having a beer with your dinner every now and then, and it's factored into your calories, just pull some carbs and fats out the meal plan, you're fine. I'm never going to put a beer in anyone's meal plan. <laughs> I, I, I'm never going to do that. Um, but if you're someone who has a beer each night, fine. Just pull some calories from from elsewhere. And if you're someone who has maybe a glass of wine every couple of nights or a couple of times a week, whatever, fine. Just make sure you're focusing on the calories and, and substituting for that. But it's only really when you get above the threshold of having multiple drinks that it starts to become a problem. Um, and I said, all things like, you know, calorie-free squashies and diluting drinks and things like that, they're all pretty good um, in terms of, you know, staying, in, uh, staying on track with your diet and, and helping a little with sweetness and things like that as well. Um, let's see, no questions, no questions. No questions from Craig, no questions from Dean. Is there anything need? I don't think there's anything need. Appreciate the support. That's what we like to hear. Um, no, nothing from Paul, nothing from Callum. Dean, nothing. Uh, anyone on the call get any questions that any burning questions that they, they like to they like me to answer? We all good? When, oh, hold on. 
<laughs> Who's that? David. <laughs> so David's asked, when do we, when do we get to do a 10,000 calorie challenge? <laughs> For anyone who didn't see, I will be doing a 10,000 calorie challenge on Saturday this week. <laughs> I did start preparing for it today, so I am eating like 1,500 calories less today, tomorrow, and probably 2,000 on Sunday and Monday less, so it does kind of balance out. And I'll just make some cuts next week. But that should be, should be a decent laugh. Any questions, any questions, any questions? All good. Well, that's us for this evening, folks. Hope you all enjoyed the call. Um, hope you took something from it tonight, um, as always. And uh, as usual, if there's anything myself or Jordan can help you with, please let me know. Um, always looking for further ideas to help you and to continue improving this service. So if there's anything you feel we can add, by all means, please let me know. Even if it means waving a magic wand, <laughs> I will try, I'll try my best. Um, but thank you all for your attendance tonight. For anyone who's watching it or listening to the podcast back, if you haven't grabbed your free Fat Loss Forever Blueprint call, do so in the link in the, in the description below. Um, we will give away a kind of completely free Fat Loss call for the, for the next six months. Um, for anyone who's also listening back to the podcast, if you could leave a review, that would be absolutely tremendous um, and mean the world to me. Um, on iTunes, perfect. And if you could share on, even better. Thank you all for your time tonight and see you all in the next one. Cheers, mate. See ya. You've been listening to Fitness for 9 to Fivers with Andrew Marsham. You're a grown-ass human being. You have a job, maybe two, kids, errands, bills, a wife, friends. And while the excuse list gets bigger, so does your waist. That's where Andrew comes in. Until next time, find Andrew on Facebook at andrew.marsham.737 and on Instagram at andrewmarsham underscore fitness. To reach out to Andrew, send an email at amfit1993 at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.